Hey everyone, and welcome to the weekly catch up podcast. It's Wednesday, September 16, 2020, in the year of our Lord. I'm your host, Carson Gibbons, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Mr. B Red Colvin. That'd be me. What's happening? Oh, what a week, man. What a week. The world is just failing around us. <laughs> it's certainly uh, given us some things to talk about this week. I've had an overall good week. I've had a crazy kind of terrible day in some ways like it's kind of just falling apart on me but um yeah we're, we're gonna vent a little bit today i think probably we'll get into that we got updates from south carolina from mm. this the classroom absolutely the office so are you ready to get into it let's get it It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. So how do you want to start this rant? I feel like I've been listening to so much Joe Budden that I'm just like, <laughs> I feel like I need to be talking about whoever our master is. And like, yeah. we, there's a lot of that that I want to get into this week. I'm excited about that because obviously I've been keeping up with um, all those things. And we have uh, another player that has ent entered the ring as far as celebrities go and talking about ownership and things like that. Um, let's not get into that quite yet, though. Okay. Yeah, and th there's a more overarching theme that will be tied in with, you know, Kanye's week on Twitter. Yeah, man, that's and what I'm talking about, baby. There's like a there's a common narrative that's occurring right now. Yeah, um, quite a lot in a lot of different spheres, and it's definitely made its way into the business arena. Yep. And for that, I'm almost grateful in many ways because, you know, that's the truest leveling of a playing field that you can have is is ownership and mm -hmm. equity and money. Sure. Um, you know, generational wealth, pass it on down. Mm -hmm. How was your week? You know, let's see. You're like, what happened? This My week? weekend was awesome. Um, hung out, do? hung out with Courtney. I got to meet several of her friends that, you know, sh she has a couple, uh, married couple friends who have kids and stuff like that. So I, you know, we've been dating for almost a year and I haven't met some of her good friends, but we finally made some time for them and got to hang out. Um, Saturday night we went to Dallas with, some of our friends, we hit up the rustic again, just hung out over in that area and got to listen to some good just live party in my backyard without me. You were gone. I know, but still, I would have hit you up. Yeah. Um, any, any place else besides the rustic? Not on Saturday. I've seen, I saw, um, I don't know who else. I'm sure that some of the, our Dallas listeners saw this, but level over where Kung Fu and all of that is in Dallas. Okay. They had like a they had like an urban party on Sunday, I guess it was, hmm. and people were like next dooring the ish out of this thing. How so? What because do you because of COVID, and it was like oh, the only okay. bar open, and it was like, how is this open? So I hear that some places are opening like illegally. I felt like if it had been white people, people mm -hmm. would have been less upset. But like seeing the largest social gathering of like African Americans, yeah, I think that next door is like next door is for the Karens, you know? Got it. Yeah. I, 
to be honest, I had just assumed that all the bars and stuff down here can, um, you know, called themselves restaurants and started serving like burgers and stuff. Cause I know some places had been doing that. Yeah. But if you didn't have a kitchen that was worthy of cooking food, you know, a lot of bars are bars, you know, like yeah. they, if they don't sell 51%, you know, of their sales or food, they can't really open. Got but it. I hear that some are, are opening they're getting shut down. It's a, uh, it's kind of a, a no win situation because so many of them are going to go under anyway. Right. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, we just went to the rustic, um, had a very, I don't know, it was a chill weekend. Oh, I got on Saturday morning, uh, Courtney and I went with my parents to go see old Heather Laws and her husband. No way. Yeah, man. We had outdoor church and, uh, got to joke around with her. Um, she, she gives you her love. Nice. Shout out to Heather. Yeah. Yeah. So it was awesome seeing them. Um, she had sent me a awesome text, uh, the next day or on Monday or something saying, Oh, it was so great to see you. You know, I, I knew that you were bringing Courtney and, you know, in the back of my mind, I was wondering, you know, if she was going to be good enough for you. But by the time she left, I was wondering if you were good enough for her. And I'm like, Oh, oh there it is. Like that, that, that seems to be the overall consensus whenever I bring her around. So, um, you're like, not so fast. You should know this about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Like I need you, you know, in my corner, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was delightful hanging out with her and, um, and the family. So. Um, had a good weekend. I, I get to school on Monday and uh, we're getting into the book Frankenstein. And so the introduction work that I gave for them um, was quite a few. Well, I wouldn't even say quite a few questions. It was 12 questions. And my seniors are like flipping out thinking that it's the most lengthy assignment that I've, I've ever given them. Um, uh, like straight, I don't know. It, it was, they were just straight up complaining and um, kind of gave me a headache over the past couple days and um, had a had a powwow with them this morning and told them like, hey, uh, you know, I, I'm not always going to give you a lot of work. I understand this one was maybe a little lengthy. Um, I didn't I guess they had been assigned like a quiz and a test to study for and different things like that. So they were freaking out about that. And uh, I feel like I became the person that they took their frustrations out on. So I had a powwow with them today and I feel like a good 30, 40% felt me and felt what I was saying and we're cool about it. And the others were just like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like this is still too much. And um, so that was interesting. These kids just sound awful. Like they're not, like, they are not awful what kids. I say, bitch. Not, like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, no, they're, they're good kids. Yeah. But the, the work that you assign is not, it, you did the debate last week. Not uh, the right. assignment is not up for debate. Right. Follow up. How did that debate go? <laughs> the debate was awesome. Um, Who won? Is there a clear assigned winner? Yeah, there was. You know, I I split them up into two groups. Um, and so I have an, so I have an A class and a B class. And within the A class, I split I split them into two groups. And then the B class, I split them into two groups. There were some clear winners. Uh, like nobody on here knows any of the kids' names, but. Uh, yeah, there were definitely groups on both days that did more research and, and studying. Well, so which side prevailed better? Was oh, you mean as far as defend or advocate um, for side? It's definitely easier to advocate for like, like pro, uh, stem cell research and, and being able to clone, um, certain things for the well being of, of humanity. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I won. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. So that was awesome. I had a great week last week. And then I was bombarded this week. And um, a, a student actually after class today came up to me and she was like, hey, you know, uh, I understand what you were saying. And I just want to say, like, I feel like my classmates were kind of unfair to you. And I just want you to know that it wasn't a lot of work. Um, her and James, my student who says that uh, our episodes are too long, he actually stood up for me too. And uh, they were both saying, oh, well, shout out James. <laughs> You're such a hero, bro. He is. You he, should fail that kid just for what he said. <laughs> no, he actually uh, texted me today. I got him to listen to that episode. And so he said, so I was just listening to the podcast on my way to work and he's not, and he's not wrong. He's talking about you when he says it should raise, uh, uh, listeners like during, you know, during their commute and everything. Um, but he's been listening to music and also during the summer, um, he would be playing his PlayStation four. And, uh, so, you know, he'll start, he'll probably start listening to a few more episodes again. <laughs> this kid's uh, hilarious. He's like, yeah. And PS4, there was a new game. Okay. And have you, have you seen girls? <laughs> girls <laughs> right. are out there yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. And so I got time for podcasts. I'm an 18 year old boy. <laughs> that's the, that's the defense he should have taken. And I would have given it right to him. I would have been like, you know what, James? I stand corrected. No, nah, but even with the PlayStation, like, hmm, listen to my teacher's podcast or play like video games. If I was in his shoes, I'd probably be playing video games. So, you know who's not his teacher? <laughs> you. Carson Gibbons. Yeah. And you couldn't keep him around. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> oh, <laughs> let's take a break, Tots. <laughs> we'll be back. No, I'm playing. Technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even come back from this. <laughs> um, yeah, no. So, I, I was it was nice for a couple students to come up and say like they, they heard me and they did not think that I was giving them way too, like too much work or anything like that. And that their classmates were being a little, a little much, a little ridiculous. So, you know, there was some silver, silver linings in, in my day today. <laughs> silver linings playbook for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, right on. So that, that's how my week's been. <laughs> Well, I think the kindest message that I got all day was from your father on LinkedIn. Oh, really? <laughs> it's just wait, my day melted down a little bit. He sent a kind message. Uh, no, he sent like a just disgusting a your mama joke, but okay, it was like the it. nicest thing that I encountered oh, in my day. Excellent. Would you like to hear it? I, <laughs> I hope it's better than last week's. Last week's was kind of weak. W wasn't that the high heels turning into flip flops? Or maybe, maybe it was two weeks ago. Oh no, he, he told a your mama's so broke or something like that. Yeah. Um. You know what? LinkedIn messaging is not working. <laughs> Excellent. Hold on. All right. We'll come back to this. Well, in my week, because <laughs> this application will not work at all. Um, you want to hear about my week? I Of course I do. I actually had an action-packed week a Did little you? bit. Yeah. Making deals? Breaking um, deals? Man, I'll tell you. Um, unfortunately, September has been kind of a weird month in terms of making deals because... Uh, most kids have gone back to school in some way, shape, or form, and the deals where the parents, <laughs> the, where the kids are going back to a brick school, a mm -hmm. brick and mortar school, I think that those deals are closing. But I saw more than one kid today, like in the background doing school oh. while the parent was on a conference call with me. Awesome. So from that perspective, it's been a very transition, like the last three or four weeks for those in the corporate world. People were on use it or lose it PTO, mm -hmm. you know, fiscal years were changing over for some people. A lot of others are budgeting for fiscal year turning over in 2021. 
So all the tools that they want now, you know, they got to vie for them yeah. and, and hope to get them line item budgeted in. Um, cause if you're, in, if you're in charge of spending money, you know, in, in exchange for clicks or, you know, site visits or appointments mm-hmm. or whatever corporate marketing people do, corporate HR, you know, you just sit on a pile of money and you dispense it out over the year to achieve your strategic vision. You know, right. it's like a different mindset and it moves much slower than we do in the startup world. So, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable if it's not kind of on a daily deal closing pace of some kind. Yeah. You okay. Know? I feel that. Um, you get used to a certain level of uh, velocity. And um, so anyway, I, I wonder if other people's deal flows, it's not like they're drying up by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, demoing huge clients for, you know, huge expenditures going into 2021 for sure. Um, but it, it's been hard to get all of HR operations, marketing and finance together yeah. over the last couple of weeks uh, to come to consensus decisions. Got it. Okay. But that being said, after the podcast Wednesday, went back to work, grinded all day Thursday, um, ended up, I was going to try to take off Friday because I was originally scheduled to be in Vegas for Michael's bachelor party, got freed up because he moved that to next year along with his wedding. Um, so I could go to South Carolina for my cousin's wedding. So on Friday, I was going to still take the day off in prep. Um, but I ended up working a little bit more than a half day, um, ended up stealing out late in the afternoon, did get 18 holes in. Um, nice, nice. I've been exercising that new uh, swing. Yeah, I show up to your place and you're out here, you know, twisting your body a little different. Yeah, it's it's all about the flexibility. Yeah. I, I've been swinging it like somebody with arthritis, you know. Yeah, it looks good. Not, it looked good, guys. Not using my, um, you know... My favorite golf buddy, Scott, tore his rotator cuff. And in thinking about how instrumental the rotator cuff is in your swing and really exacerbating that in my, in my meditation before my golf yeah, swings, I was about to say, it's I, helped. I was about to say, I, I, I bet the meditation does help you like with your breathing and, and your, your mobility uh, whenever it comes to you playing golf. You know, one of the things that I am happy about this year, especially up until this point, and really for the last year or so, um, is that meditation has become at least such a part of my weekday um, that I miss it on the weekends. I try to get it in. Usually something like golf will prompt mm-hmm. me to do that. On a weekend like this one where you're running around with family, you know, I just never took time to do it sure. and probably would have benefited from doing so. But it's a noticeable difference. And yeah. like, you know. I want you to send me a link this week. To uh, well, Sam Harris got me started on it. Okay. There's a lot of different techniques. Like, um, Naval has some some differing points of are, view. Are these like paid um subscriptions or so? Like, is there something that you can to get me started? Like, just send send me. Uh, well, this the, this of episode the medi- of the this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Waking Up by Sam Harris because all right, that's the installed app on my iOS device, and he has uh, a free tier which includes an introductory practice course over six days. Mm -hmm. So I think the first lesson is eight minutes, and then it typically is between 10 and 11 minutes each consecutive day thereafter. To be honest with you, it's so like one focuses on sounds, one focuses exclusively on breathing, one focuses on blah, blah, blah. And he has his little Mm -hmm. anecdotes. And I had this hunch. I'd never been able to retain um, a, a meditation method long enough to make it a habit. 
Okay. And I, I felt like Sam Harris would get me started, put my mind at ease, and help me make it a habit. Yeah. And so I've actually just remained on that free tier for quite some time. Uh, my boss has the expanded tier, which mm-hmm. I think it's like $99, but it's there's a bunch of content, like in addition to meditation behind yeah. the paywall. Dude, I, I paid a lot of money for, for that one-year subscription of Calm. Um, so I'm, I'm not opposed to you know, paying for a meditation app, you know, if I, if I do the trial run and it turns out being beneficial for me. Well, Sam, Sam helped me make it a habit and now I miss it. If I don't do it, It, it's almost like you have to go back to your house for your mask or a pill or something like that. Like it's to that level of, you know, sometimes it's like, Oh, I haven't done it. Like I need to do it. Typically every day, you know, I'm up, um, you know, out the door doing my, my swings and my stretches, take a walk around the block, a couple cups of coffee off to work. And whenever I sit down at work, I, I always double check my schedule, make sure that I wasn't booked for like a super early meeting overnight, Mm -hmm. unbeknownst to me. So I get down to like email inbox addressable, you know, I know what's expected of me. I'm free for the next 30 and I meditate in my pod. And my boss, Ed says that, you know, meditating in times of transition like that is actually especially powerful for whatever work set you're about to grind out. Yeah. So if you go, if you transition to go back and work at home, for instance, like if I, I left today at three fifteen because a meeting got pushed and I had a little bit of a window. So I came and finished the day at home. And, uh, anytime you're in transition like that and going back to a specific task, I've heard that it's beneficial to go ahead and do that. Got it. So there are many weekdays that I'm up to 20 minutes, you know, morning and midday. Nice. Yeah. Um, I have officially downloaded the app, so I'm going to be checking it out. Yeah. Give me a review on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on Friday, I worked a little bit more than a half day, but I did get out to the golf course and um, I'd had a range session with that new swing and then I played with the new swing. How'd that go? Um, Didn't shoot the best score, but really I had the the power that I'm generating, like by not even trying to generate power, just mm-hmm. by going through one, two, three, and the Nick Faldo regimen uh, mixed with the meditation and just trusting the club and the swing and the timing. Um, you know, before it's like I didn't want my swing time to have any time lapse. And now mm-hmm. I have to flail the club up knowing that it's a three second interchange between, you know, initially hoisting and uh, rotating and then impact follow through with the ball hmm. but by trusting that it felt totally unnatural but i got a hold of some of these drives i hit into a group like oh, i yeah? i was on the eighth <laughs> hole and um it's like this little dog leg um par four that you know on on the pros it could almost be a par three in some ways but there is a pretty significant dog leg and i just got a hold of this ball and was in within like a sand wedge of the green like wow. probably 30 yards out yeah so it, i probably got an additional like uh, we're talking 50, 60 yards on these hey, shots. Let's go. So um, I'm going to be excited when my rotator cuff boy comes back in November. He actually just texted me. Oh yeah. So I'll let him know we were talking smack about it because, <laughs> you know, winning against him and rubbing it in his face matters more to me than mm-hmm. any other individual at this point. Sure. Sure. Um, so I, I miss that. All right. Well, looking forward to you guys being able to get back once he's healthy Saturday, 
I uh, I got up and went to the airport for a flight to Charleston, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I got there at about three thirty, I guess Eastern time, and never been to Charleston. You know, I it had always kind of been talked up because I don't know if this was your experience on the East Coast, but like in Baltimore and Maryland and like DC and those areas, I feel like they were always going to like Myrtle Beach and Charleston. Yeah, and Charleston was almost kind of like their. Well, they went to Nashville too. Like bachelorette mm-hmm. parties were going to Nashville and Charleston. Yeah, that's all sounds, the time. That sounds accurate. Anyway, so it had kind of been hyped up to me, so I was anxious to see what it was all about. So, um, my my sister's boyfriend Brian and my mom and dad show up mm-hmm. and pick me up, and we go driving back down to Folly Island, which is just a little south of downtown Charleston, and True Island. You know, you go across the little bridge or whatever, and um, you know, just a bunch of nice like beach kind of houses on stilts and really cool community there, little strip. And uh, they'd rent it out. It was great. It was like a three story, huge Airbnb. Nice. Um, you know, it, it was, it was great. Um, and so my sister was off with the bride. Mm-hmm. She was like staying with her since like Wednesday and, they had the rehearsal dinner that night. So, and Meredith was going to stay with her through the wedding on Sunday. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't see her until basically after the, the wedding. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I went, but Brian went to the rehearsal dinner with her. Mm-hmm. Um, they graciously included everybody's plus one and all of this. Right. And I got to find out that like, basically the wedding party was like, maybe not half of the wedding, but a good third, mm-hmm. like in terms of, there was probably 25 people in the bridal party and maybe 60, maybe 60. Yeah. So overall. a good chunk, a good chunk of them were a part of the wedding. Yeah. And so I guess there was like some twinges of regret on having gone at certain points in the weekend because I was like one of the only sub <laughs> You're just sub like 35 per people that were not technically close enough. Cause so for those listening, my, this is my cousin, Bo, Bothy getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, his grandmother was my granddad's sister. And so our moms are first cousins and, uh, we've great guy. I've grown up around him and he's marrying this girl named Stephanie, who my sister was roommates with for years. Apparently they were like really good friends. Mm -hmm. And so my sister is one of the, the bridesmaids, but she has this connection to both of them. So I'm just like (laughs) the elder brother that's (laughs) always working. (laughs) So I go in stag. (laughs) And um, so anyway, I'm just like hanging out with my parents, having dinner. (laughs) We made a reservation. Shout out to my dad. He uh, he's like going through Yelp and just presenting all these menus that I know he won't eat. I'm Mm -hmm. like, just present options that are applicable. He's like, ooh. He'd be like crustacean palace or <laughs> shellfish delight. Yeah. It's like we're not going there. It was like none of us are going to do that, dude. Yeah. Um. So he finally booked this place called Virginia's, and just felt like we were in a time warp or something because I could have sworn that it was like four thirty, and he yeah. booked it for like five forty-five. He's like, they're booking up quick. We got to go. <laughs> Open tables. It, it was there, and now it's not. And uh, so I guess he called this place several times, uh-huh. one to like confirm something, another time to check the menu, another time to make the reservation. And so like 10 minutes later, yeah, they already knew that you were, they were going to spit in your food before you got there. Yeah. Huh? So like 10 minutes later, I'm looking at the clock on the stove and I'm like, Hey, um, do you make that reservation for five forty five? 
And I said, it's 538. <laughs> we're, like, we're like on an island miles away from Charleston. And he's like, what? <laughs> so then he calls him again. Oh, no. <laughs> you just say it in the background. It's the guy that's already called three <laughs> right, times. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, we'll be there as quick as possible. So uh -huh. I'm like pretty fresh off the flight still. I'm like, okay, yeah. let me throw in jeans. So I go and I change and we, we run over to this place, walk in. Nobody's there. <laughs> it was not competitive yeah. to get a table. There was like maybe two tables. Um, ended up being a great, freaking great Southern hospitality. Awesome. Mate. Like fried chicken, mashed, mashed potatoes, potatoes, some greens. Man, they had it going on. And okay. the loveliest wait staff, they had just reopened. They were just feeling somewhat of a surge because they'd mm -hmm. been really closed down all summer, apparently. And so anyway, really personable, told us everywhere to go in town. Um, so the review on Charleston downtown, like it's kind of like. 6th Street threw up all over West 7th and Sundance put together. Okay. Like, In a good way? or Yeah. Okay. Like, there are three to four kind of consecutive streets. It's 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 like Deep Ellum. Mm -hmm. I, but Deep, like not like grungy? Deep Ellum overall might have more inventory at this point, more storefronts. Mm -hmm. But um, Charleston, it had like Southern Hospitality uh, restaurants. It had bars and clubs. And some of them were pumping Future and Yogati, and some of them were like more of you know a Goodfellas bar. Jason Aldean. Yeah, like definitely those like long rectangular East Coast bars that you got familiar with in like DC and, and Maryland, cool, and Baltimore. So anyway, we had a good dinner, um, walked around, tried to get on a rooftop, but it was like, dude, it was unbearable. We were wearing masks, and it mm -hmm. was eighty eight degrees, and it was like seventy percent humidity. Hmm. So we're just like yeah. sweating, baking. Um, go back to the house and, uh, you know, we walk around the strip for a while afterwards and, uh, go back to the house. Brian comes back a little bit later. We all hang out just the four of us, my parents, me and Brian. And uh, then my parents go to bed and I'm still, I didn't set my watch forward. So I'm looking at my <laughs> phone sporadically, but losing track of time. And homeboy and I ended up staying up to like three o'clock in the morning, chatting oh, like little nice. school girls. And um, probably a good opportunity, though, you know, to yeah. to further form our own relationship and rapport. And sure. so it had a good chat with him. And uh, it, it was kind of like me and B for half the weekend because, <laughs> hey, you could be stuck with worse people, man. I, I love for that sure. Guy. For sure. He's and, awesome. So uh, Saturday, we were so lazy. Like I slept till like a uh, sorry, Sunday. Um, the days felt felt yeah, all yeah, off. Yeah. Sunday slept till like 11, got up. We just like did nothing. Like I sunbathed on the deck. I had coffee with my mom. Um, ended up going on a bike ride with my dad and Brian. Went to the beach for a little while. Got in the ocean. Dang. The wedding's on this day. Yeah, it wasn't until <laughs> okay. like five thirty. Okay. So we cool. just like did nothing. We we didn't make any ambitious plans for the day. So we just mm -hmm. kind of bopped around and yeah, sunbathed, enjoyed and the outdoors, watched some F one. You know, watched some football. Mm -hmm. Like flip channels. Just chilled out. Um. Mm -hmm. And uh, got ready for the wedding, and the wedding was at Magnolia Plantation and Gardens, and it yep. was a real beautiful venue, a huge, huge, like 500-year-old trees type deal. Nice. Um, and uh, so we get there, like, right at the nick of time. Like, I'm literally fist-bumping the groom, who I'm seeing for the <laughs> first time as he's lined up for the yeah. processional. Um, so anyway, one of his brother half-brothers is a pastor and did this real cute sketch about, you know, marriage is forever and love will last a lifetime but there will be trying times mm -hmm. and he's like one of those 
times for Bo and Stephanie was on February 5, 2017. And I'm like, oh, who cheated? Okay. What happened? <laughs> and then he goes into his spiel and he's like, um, the Falcons were up 28 to 3 oh, at halftime. Nice, and I'm yeah. like, oh, I see where this is going. Anyway, another 10 minutes of football puns ensue. Oh, and it's kind of like, all right, buddy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> move this along. <laughs> he At uh, one point, it's 75% humidity and we're just baking. And everybody has these Chinese fans that they're like fanning the crap mm-hmm. out of themselves with. And uh, it's just one one of the groomsmen, as he's walking up to the the front, the entire back of his jacket was soaked drenched. through, soaked through everything. And they were in three-piece wool suits Ooh. with a vest. So right. burn, the, burn some calories that day. As a, as a token or a symbol or something uh, of undying love and, you know, st- there will be times of strife. The pastor wraps Bo in a New England Patriots blanket at one point <laughs> on top of all this yeah. and makes him keep it on for a while. Um, so anyway, that was weird, but (laughs) after that, going to be, have to, going to have to edit out a lot of sweat from those photos. Oh man. It was funny because like my cousin Scott commented on our photos on social media and he's like, looks like it was hot, but a great time. And I'm like, why would you say that? Does it look like we're sweating? I mean, I'll be honest. I saw a lot of, uh, Instagram pictures and I didn't, I didn't see any, like all you guys look great. I was going to shout out Jan and Meredith, like y'all look gorgeous. I mean, Bob and Carson, like, you you guys looked, you know, you, you did what you could with what you were given, but Meredith and, uh, yeah, he, woo. It was so funny. I hope they, I don't think they'd mind me telling the story, but I think it went something like this. Like they were on the phone or FaceTime to that morning as they were, all the girls were getting ready Mm -hmm. in the bridal party. And I guess that Meredith had said something like, yeah, I have heavy eye makeup. Like I look like a whore. And then somebody went to go see her. I don't know if it was Brian or my dad or somebody give something, get something. I don't know what had happened, mm-hmm. but they came back and they were like, yeah, she looks like a whore. It's pretty, <laughs> oh, man. It's pretty, no. <laughs> Meredith, Jan, you both looked that, stunning. Nobody actually means that. It was like, she would self. I'm not even, like, I'm not even going to let that joke fly. Oh my goodness. Like take it as, <laughs> the level nope, of makeup nope. that they were dolling <laughs> no, themselves know. up with. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, just, I'm just hyping them up. I'm right? not calling my own sister that <laughs> <laughs> we have. that. Well, level. We're, we're never too sure about you. Shut up. We have that level of self-awareness around each other that we can make those comments. Right. Right. And uh, my family, no, I know. my family is and as I know, cool I know, as I am. <laughs> right. I know they would never take that. Like, shut seriously. up. Quit making it weird, Brad. <laughs> I'm just saying they look great. No, we did. No, not we. Stop. <laughs> no, the I women. Nice. Nope. Yeah. I was so sunburnt and I had burnt my eyelids and right underneath my oh, eyes. Oh, man. So at the reception, my parents were like, you're looking flushed. Is everything okay? And I'm like, I'm really burnt. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. I, I thought all the, you know, out, outdoors playing golf, I thought that would have prepped you for the sun. I haven't been out there like I used to be, you know, yeah. with this corporate job, you know, yeah. sales job. So anyway. Um, we, we seek some shelter after the wedding for the cocktail hour on the veranda mm-hmm. and it was hotter on the veranda than it was <laughs> outside. So we go and scope out. We're like, where are we eating? So we find a tent Ooh. out back and we're like, oh, no AC here either. So, um, I go and reference the, uh, seating situation and I'm with all of my closest family. That's not in the wedding party. <laughs> right. So 
an average age of about 63. And, uh, <laughs> so I was okay with this. Uh-huh. I was okay with all of this. I was like, I came here stag, came to see my cousin and people, and I'm doing this. This is great. Sure. And um, my, my friends think I look like crap. <laughs> oh, well, I'll keep moving on. <laughs> no, you look good, buddy. <laughs> so anyway, then all the old people start making a big deal about it. And oh, Kevin no. right next to me is like, well, this guy had to come stag, <laughs> ruin the boy, girl, boy, girl seating arrangement. And I was like, dang. And then <laughs> my mom turns to me. And it's like before the dinner is like officially starting, but we're uh-huh. all sitting at the table oh, and no. all the young people are congregating somewhere. And she was like, you should, she was like, go mingle. She was like, have you seen anyone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's like literally trying to marry me yeah. off like Greek style. She's oh. like, have you seen anyone? And I uh-huh. go, mom, everyone at this wedding, as I was advised, is married, taken with a significant other. Like that's yeah. it. There's like one or two available people here of age. And earlier my aunt had circled me and she'd been like, seeing anybody? She's like, I saw a girl <laughs> oh, in blue man. over there. And I said, that girl in blue is 15, Aunt Twyla. So please don't, please don't be, refer- be referring that to me. Yeah. She was like, 15? I didn't think she was that young. So anyway, I'm just dodging relatives trying to hook yeah. me up because they can't stand the thought of me attending alone. Hey, man, so, we all go at our own pace. That's what I told my mom. Yeah. I was like, mom, I'm 31 years old this year. Like, I'm fine. I'm flying in for a short yeah. trip. I'm okay. Yeah. I will get up and mingle. I've been having a social weekend. Like calm like I don't feel as bad about myself as, as you, you feel do. for me right now. Yeah. It's fine. So finally I look over and I see that this guy and Brian are talking and I go over and I join them, end up meeting some more people. Uh met this girl. She walked up to me and she was like you're Bo's cousin. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I'm Meredith's brother as well. I was like, whichever claim to fame makes me <laughs> right. better in your eyes. And uh, she kind of looked at me and she was like trying to see if I knew who she was a little mm-hmm. bit. And I was like, I'm sorry. I really don't know anybody in the wedding party. Like yeah. I said, I'm kind of flying by the seat of my pants here. Like I just booked this flight. Mm-hmm. I'm here last minute. And realizing progressively that I know fewer of the yeah. people that are my age than I originally thought. <laughs> so I don't know this dynamic. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, my sister's on the inside of that looking, right. looking outward. And um, so anyway, I, she's, she's gorgeous, you mm-hmm. know, very personable. We have a great time talking. Her boyfriend comes up, she introduces him. We mm-hmm. meet and I defiantly walk back to the table to my mom and I go, I've been mingling and I met people. <laughs> she was like, great. Uh, which, which, did you meet a girl? Which which girl did you meet? And I was like, that one over there. With, and she's standing wonderful. Standing beside her boyfriend. I said, she's wonderful. Next to her is her handsome boyfriend. And she goes, okay, uh-huh. And uh, she's just kind of like playing it off. Fast forward throughout the evening. Um, I don't know how this went, but I guess her boyfriend at one point stood up from the groomsman table. And my mom came over to me and she was like, I saw that boy walk away. You've got this. Don't don't even worry about it. <laughs> hey, she, hype him up, Jan. Let's go. She, she was like, <laughs> she was like, he's short. Like you, you've got this. And I was like, you want me to just go beat him up for his girl, like at this wedding? Like what? What is the end game here? And I finally had to tell her, like, that'd be a cute story. I said, I am not equipped to do work around my parents. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the people that raised yeah. me to be pure as snow, white as snow. Yeah saved in the blood of jesus yeah. i'm like i can't you can't do be me. you can't be dirty macking out here with your parents no, like, sitting I, at the table right next to you 
that they put on Lil John at one point. I'm like, you, yeah. I can't do this in front right. of them. Yeah, that's what I I'm saying. I can't work like I normally I, would. I went to Alec and Rochelle's wedding um, last year, and at at you know after the ceremony, and everything we had the music going, and I'm probably more on the outgoing side of Alec's friends than like a lot of people that were there. But my parents are there, so you know I'm not trying to do like you know the stanky leg or yeah. I'm not trying to to the right, to the right, to the left, to the left. You know. Yeah, you're not trying to get up on somebody, yeah. you know. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to, you know, pop lock and drop it in front of in front of the parents. Yeah, or you're not wanting to like strike out and make an awkward social faux pas. Either. That as well. That as you well. You know, like you, you want your misses to be controlled a little bit yeah. in, in, a control in a controlled environment. environment. Yeah, every player out there knows what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about. Right. No, just anybody. Yeah. But anyway, the the DJ was not mixing great. The mm. wedding dancing was outside and there are literally the only people there that are there without significant others left their significant <laughs> others at home mm. so it's like there's like maybe one person there that i have not met yeah that i could have like danced with type mm-hmm. deal and uh i got out there for you know all the ones that i could like cupid shuffle yeah um wobble mm-hmm. like i did everything that i could and sure. rocked it proud of you and I was like looking for some credit. I'm like, I'm out here. I'm having fun. Yeah. Like I'm doing my thing. And singles, uh, baby. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> at one point I'm walking to the bathroom and I'm like, I shouldn't have come. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't meant for me. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> so, um, nice reference. anyway, so after the wedding, we send them off as of sparklers. They get into a luxury old school Rolls Royce mm-hmm. roll off. To their wedding night and uh, it's finally time for me to go home and go to bed yeah and my sister goes no 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 you're coming to the after party and i was like after party what and <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> so we go in search of this after party we it was difficult to find <sighs> there was a lot of it was very difficult because throughout this entire weekend there's pockets of family that are doing things different places and none of it is coordinated mm-hmm. whatsoever there is no ringleader or like show host MC to Got the weekend. It. That's a firm guiding hand. Yeah. And apparently it had been that way for their entire week. So like by the time we showed up, all these girls were like, they were already done with it. You know, they <laughs> yeah. like literally they were all like, my face is so puffy. We haven't slept. Like this has been difficult. We're tired. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Um, So we take off to like, this party and my sister's like it just plugged this address in that she'd gotten on a text from her friend roger Mm -hmm. and so we put it in and i'm like are you sure that this is it because it was like 33 minutes away okay in the middle of like it was in the opposite direction of where folly beach was and we'd driven 38 minutes from folly beach to the venue it's gonna take over an hour to get back so i'm like what's going on here so progressively i'm hearing that people are dropping out of the after party Mm -hmm. and on the way there i find out that bo and stephanie aren't even going to be there which i thought that they were Mm -hmm. and they weren't so i'm like what's going on here um so we get to a a subdivision (laughs) where it was the boys airbnb for the week and um it's like dimly lit like nobody's home we can't mm-hmm. find the address. Brian is like very much second guessing this. Yeah. And he's like, you know, the further every mile that. down the road, because yeah. it was like 30 plus miles uh-huh. away, every mile down the road, we're like, are we sure yeah. about this? And uh, the girls are like sleeping in the back almost like maybe we shouldn't <laughs> do this. So we get to the neighborhood. We She finally calls Roger and she's like, where are you at? And he's like, 
I'm at the thing. And she was like, well, I'm here for the after party. And he's like, well, after it's not really an after party. He's like, I just went along with, you know, people could come over here if they wanted, but uh-huh. he's naming off all the people that aren't coming and there's nobody currently there. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, I thought that this was about to turn around <laughs> and it's not. And Meredith is like, worse. Meredith's tearing into Roger. I'm like, hey, calm down. Be easy on him. Like, it sounds like everybody's at their wits end. Anyway, she's like, well, we're going to stop in and have a drink while we're here and then we'll leave and click. <laughs> so we walk in and um, you know what ended up happening was what's up? A bunch of people progressively came in. It was not like a party party. It was mm-hmm. the it was coolest. The coolest late night hang sesh Little chill ever, vibes. and ended up having a great time with everybody. Awesome. On the way there, the rumor of this girl whose boyfriend I'm supposed to beat up to take her from had spread to my sister somehow, and all the people in my family are just matter of factly oh, trying no. to hook me up to the extent that on the way there, my sister just stopped oh, her no. planning with Rachel. She she's like, wait one second, Carson. A quick confirmation you're into her right and i was like okay she has a boyfriend yeah. <laughs> i've never once articulated interest in her i said that i'd met people in response to my mom telling me to mingle oh, i love it this is ridiculous how out of hand this is Yo, getting business runs in the fan in the gibbons family baby i said all that being said she yes. is gorgeous and it looks like they're having problems because they were arms <laughs> length during the wedding and he's short and she my sister goes he's got to go she's like i've heard uh stories like he's got to go we get to the wedding guess who shows up you get to the wedding or the party sorry the after party guess who shows up him and his girlfriend they're staying there and she's staying there so she excellent trots upstairs she goes up and takes a shower and then just comes across the second landing Mm -hmm. uh just like twirling her hair it was like something out of a movie the boyfriend comes outside where Rachel and I are with Amadeus and his girlfriend Mm -hmm. proceeds to just hold court crack funny original off the cuff jokes Mm -hmm. at one point she's ridiculing him she's saying like we've been together five years I'm still waiting to get married Mm -hmm. and we'd all been reflecting on how hot the wedding was and how it was so miserable and blah 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 and he goes I'm just waiting till it gets hot outside (laughs) and the entire party lost it yeah and I, I literally, like, I was falling I in love with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I was You're like, I get it. I was like, there's always one every yeah. weekend, especially when I'm with Meredith. <laughs> yeah. She introduces me to one problem guy. And I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> this guy's we're supposed to be enemies, but <laughs> so damn it. <laughs> so finally, I'm having such a great time that I'm not letting the rest of them leave. Cause I'm like, Hey, you brought me here. I didn't want to come. Uh-huh. You said that this was going to suck. And we ended up <laughs> making a big deal out of this. And yeah. I'm not ready to leave. And Brian's just this like party's going to last forever zonked. And uh, so we end up doing our, our big goodbyes and all of this. And we go out, me, Rachel, my sister and Brian walk mm-hmm. out to the car to go back to Folly Island at like two o'clock in the morning, I guess Monday morning. <laughs> right. And uh, we, uh, we get in the car and I was like, so I don't know what y'all's issue is, but that guy is awesome. Yeah. Like he definitely doesn't deserve uh-huh. to lose her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, you know what? He was pretty great." I guess that we had bad information. We, yeah, we just didn't know him. And I was, <laughs> they were they were willing to break up that relationship. They were all wanting me to basically take like the whole Crazy. thing was. They were just delusional all weekend. I was like, everything. Their worry for you was so great that it clouded their judgment and almost broke up a, a relationship that has 
been going on for over five years. They totally mischaracterized a totally cool bro. Like this guy was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And he was like funny and self-deprecating and mm. just um, willing to make fun of himself too. So he had a lot of things going on for him that I appreciated. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, when you're short, you got to be able to tell some jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hope that Listen. he never gets a hold of this podcast. The, the what thing... was his name? You said like Luke or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. I definitely did not give you a name. I've not told you this story prior to this podcast. Oh, I've been waiting to tell this story because I literally I was thinking about it at the airport the next yeah. day. I'm like, they wanted me to fight this guy. <laughs> and like, they totally mischaracterized yeah. him. <laughs> like, That's what I'm saying, man. You had them. Ooh. Yeah, and it was a it was a trip. The next day, we we woke up. We were all just like so out of it. <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> he's he's got to go. Oh man! And then they they totally recanted based off a conversation on a veranda. <laughs> he makes he makes a joke about the temperature, and all of a sudden, the house Dude, of cards he falls. Was, he was a house favorite because <laughs> you know the real leaders are established uh -huh. in the after party conversation. Like, oh yeah, when that. It was one of those beautiful moments where like 16 people are having a conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's working. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anyway. It well, it's great, man. That part, I was like, I literally, I was like hugging all of them on the way. I was like, this was better than the wedding for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to meet you all. <laughs> man, wish this could have been going on all week, yeah. all weekend. No, I literally said that. Yeah. My sister was like, I haven't even seen you. And I was like, I noticed. Like, yeah, Carson, where have you been? Uh, I was at uh, Virginia's with dad. I literally said that. I was like, I've been at the adult table yeah. Uh, yeah. holding it down. So yeah. great to meet you yeah. all. Uh, yeah, we've been me. we've been booking reservations at this at this one joint. I'm like, all the old people think I'm a loser. I'm glad y'all do. We had a great time. Oh, that's wonderful. Next that's day, hilarious. we woke up and got to go to... We all, the wedding party had a, a family brunch mm -hmm. with a uh, mother and father of the bride or sorry, groom and my parents and all of us. And nice. so we, uh, we kind of had the entire patio at, uh, this place in, in Char uh, Charleston mm -hmm. and a uh, great meal. Then we went immediately to the airport. They drop Rachel and I off. So these, my family just planned to go on vacation afterwards. Oh, nice. My parents were, they're actually getting stormed out of Destin right now like Destin oh, closed wow. and they're having to reroute but they all went to Hilton Head I told my sister I'm like keep me in the loop mm -hmm. if you guys go to any resorts after we could plan that and then the first day that I'm there they all turned to me and they were like oh yeah we're all going to Hilton Head after oh. this and I was like it's cool <laughs> man yeah, it's okay I was like even if I could make it work on my schedule no. i said i don't want to <laughs> yeah if luke's not gonna be there <laughs> i'm not having it i'm just so relieved his name is not luke <laughs> i could have swore you said it at the beginning of the story i'm gonna nah, have to listen nah. back no i didn't but uh <laughs> so anyway i'm just i'm just like reeling over all of this all weekend i'm like you want me to fight guys for like am i a loser you're all going on vacation together without me like yeah. where <laughs> What's going on? Uh -huh. It had all fallen together last yeah. minute, apparently. Like right. I'm not throwing any actual yeah, shade. Yeah, yeah. No I, shade. I had a great time. Uh, Rachel and I ended up going through security together, and she took me to my gate for a passionate, emotional farewell Aww. hug. <laughs> what a sweetheart. We we bonded too. I felt like 
it was the weekend was cool because I actually probably bonded with Brian and Rachel mm -hmm. more than That's anybody because cool. Rachel and I were joking. I was like, I've seen you like maybe six times <laughs> over the last 10 years mm -hmm. and it was all at like some raucous party. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that we're able to sit here on some rocking chairs on a veranda and just catch up. Yeah. Because I've known her since she was seven. Nice. And I was like 10. You got to you got to get intimate with, you know, your sister's close circle. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I that was one of the things that I was commenting on to my some of my family was that, you know, she knows my people like. My my friends will holler out if I'm on the phone with her, mm -hmm. like, what's up with Mary? You know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. she DM'd on the bachelor party or something. And like every guy had a comment for that, mm -hmm. you know, because they all know her. Right. And the funniest part was that she'd forgotten Jeff. And she was like, mm -hmm. Jeff, who? <laughs> and it really ruined his weekend <laughs> in some man. ways. He was like, I bought her drinks as a 20 year old. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So. I was like, I don't have any of that insight into my sister's crew. And I was yeah. kind of even sharing that with Brian that, you know, I was like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm the sharer in that situation. And of course there's a logical, you know, response to all of that. Like her friends are more spread out. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, whenever she sees my friends, it coincides with the trip home for the rest of her family. And, um, so it was great to get some insight, uh, finally put some faces with some names to stories that I've heard over the years. Nice. It's a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. Sounds fun. Congratulations to the happy married couple. Yeah, they're still going to go get a little wedding uh, or sorry, a uh, honeymoon in uh -huh. over somewhere in the Keys, I guess. So I'm glad that they were going to go ahead and honor that because I know a lot of people that are getting married that just were like, screw yeah. it. No, no honeymoon. Right. Um, awesome. But anyway, that was uh, that was that I wrapped my mom had DM me before I went to South Carolina and said, Hey, if you're done with Goggins, I want to read the book because yeah. I just been retweeting it and so inspired by this guy and by reading and just, you know, lots of different mm -hmm. things, you know, better physical preparation for even mental execution sure. events, different things like that, a more holistic approach to certain things in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, so reading, reading that Goggins book on such a timetable, I read it in like, less than a week basically right. or about a week and i was just thinking like man if i could keep this pace it's something that i could use the podcast as an accountability tool that i should be wrapping a book every week or two mm -hmm. and then reporting back and maybe others could derive inspiration from that because you know unless you know us you know what are you going to get out of this right if you know we're not always commenting we're commenting on very personal effects on life and then we make it a little bit more high level um but if this is your intro it'd be great if you could get anything of value so maybe book recommendations i know that your music reviews and curation mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. some of our reviews might be um of interest to some but sure uh in that spirit you can find me on apple music yeah baby in that spirit i uh i wrapped the i read every single word like down to the about the author the mm -hmm. you know copyright publishing house the acknowledgments for goggins finished that on the plane on the way over there and just thought i don't want to watch tv for these two hours so mm -hmm. i had spotted colin jost colin jost Ooh, his, snl uh, of snl fame the weekly update his memoir a very punchable face yeah. was on hudson newsstands everywhere yeah and i passed by it and i eyed it i went to my gate and then I went back and I bought it mm. and uh, I wrap, I finished that 
this week as well. So it's now yours, my friend. Oh. Um, because I gave your Goggins book to my mom, <laughs> so she's on. She'll get it done quick. Um, awesome. But this, no, yeah, no, I'm I'm in no rush to get it back. So take your time. This Colin Jost book, though, dude, was very like I laughed out loud really? alone at several different points. But he really goes back to like his roots in Staten Island. Okay. And um, growing up, and uh, his mother is the was the chief medical officer for the. New York fire department mm -hmm. during nine 11. Oh, wow. And so the intimate experiences, like three fourths of his extended family is employed by FDNY. Oh. And so the, the retelling of September 11 from him and his family's viewpoint was mm -hmm. very raw and visceral and vivid. And it just reminds you that like, there's how different pockets of people are affected by different events. Yeah. Um, but I just thought that that was really weird because I was flying on like September 12 or 13. Mm -hmm. So that date was proximate. I was kind of reflecting on the fact that it had been 19 years. Like, can you believe that? That's, that's insane. Um. Anyway, so he goes through all of that. He goes to Harvard. Oh, he makes it on the SNL. And now he's engaged to ScarJo. Yeah. What an a-hole. But um, some of this stuff, especially the SNL stuff, was the stuff that I really wanted to read. Okay. Like, down to the you know him becoming a, a writer and then a head writer and really like the cast that he started with was one of the most all-star studded crews of all time and he really breaks down some of the really the he doesn't he doesn't dish on snl too hard in some of the ways that like this is the way that he addresses things like here's a frequently asked question what kind of drugs are done at snl and he's like <laughs> Oh, no, not really any drugs. I mean, just, you know, an occasional bowl hit or maybe a line of cocaine or some horse tranquilizer or ketamine. <laughs> like or just keeps going. He just keeps going. Yeah. But then he like wraps it up with like a, is he playing or uh -huh. like was he? So he kind of addressed a lot of those types of questions that sure. way. But he really addresses the writing aspect of it because okay. he was head writer for a long time. And then mm -hmm. obviously being on update, he goes into how they qualify for that how they audition for all mm -hmm. of that what the writing process is like on a weekly basis like down to their schedule yeah. and just those late night conversations mm -hmm. and stories and anecdotes it's a good it's a good book yeah and if you ever want to get more of a taste of that uh conan o'brien's podcast uh conan needs a friend he'll frequently have i mean he always has celebrity guests on there but um very often he'll have somebody like a writer or a uh, star from snl uh, and they'll talk about those days as well. Um, it, it's interesting stuff. And to hear about their brutal schedule, um, it's crazy. Those daily shows are just those they're brutal in schedule. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, SNL is weekly, but their their work cycle is arguably almost even crazier than like Jon Stewart back mm -hmm. when because that at least was I know most of those guys were nine to nine. Yeah, was kind of the schedule, um, which. You know what? I feel like for most for most people out there hustling and getting it, like nine to nine is reasonable. Mm -hmm. Like when I think about it off and on, but for periods of severe intensity throughout the day, um, I'm on, you know, seven to nine. True. Uh, I'm available and like will respond, at least be reactive working uh, within five minutes during that time period. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. So eventful weekend. Yeah, and now I'm. I got back, got back to work Tuesday. I had a boatload of work, yeah, waiting for me. So today's Wednesday. Going to wrap this week, and um, 
Yeah, man. Awesome. Um, watch the Dallas Stars both Saturday and Tuesday night. Yesterday, the day before. Um, and they they clinched it. They're going to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in twenty years. Whoop! Hype about that, man. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a great. So. This was the first game um, that Courtney has ever sat down and watched. And so, you know, it's in the third period. It's zero to two. We're down. Um, and with like eight minutes, something seconds to go, we score our first goal. And then we score another one, tie it up, and then win in overtime. What a great first game for her to take part in. And uh, Seriously. Yeah, I'm super hype about them being back in the Stanley Cup. She's probably a Stars fan for life. Yes, we had actually anticipated on going like I had even or my dad had gotten her a jersey. I had gotten a jersey for Christmas and we were planning on going and then COVID hit and kind of foiled our plans. But um, but yeah, anyway, it was uh, fun to watch them. Super hype to have a Dallas sports team that's vying for a championship trophy. I don't know if we'll be able to say the same for the Cowboys this year, but um, we'll see. Speaking of your dad, it finally loaded Hit me with today the mama joke. via LinkedIn at 9.55 a.m. Oh, wow. So kind of a crass like, time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, dad, you know, it's like you, I get it after lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you like just clocked in, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're just getting ramped up. And he's like, you know what? Yeah. Wednesday. Hold my calls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I got to send a dirty joke through this professional network. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my kid has a podcast in a closet with his nerd friend. <laughs> yeah, I got to get some screen time. Yo, the, the timestamp bit, that's, that's the, the best that's part. The funniest. That's why I keep doing these. It's so funny. Oh, man. The fact that he's you never stopped doing LinkedIn, I so appreciate it. Couldn't even wait till the lunch break. He's literally the only actionable LinkedIn message I ever get. I get 20 LinkedIn messages a day. I don't even look at them. Oh, I'm in stitches. But his, uh, <laughs> uh, dude, I, our, our conversation thread is so funny because he's literally just sending me this stuff and I'm literally just going, thanks, <laughs> thumbs up, thanks. I'm like, I'm like, he's a contributing producer or something. Oh, like, <laughs> oh man. Like you barely made deadline, Dean. All right, Dean Colvin today, 9.55 a.m. <laughs> I guess he was already thinking about lunch. Your mom is so fat when she goes to an all-you-can-eat all buffet, they have to install speed bumps. <laughs> oh, that's great. Thank you, you Dad. You'd think the ones in the morning would be funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, you could have started at 9.55, and you had the rest of the day to find a better one. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like you remembered at 5 p.m. and you were scrambling to find one. Like, well, like Dad, you had some time, so that it takes her longer to get to the buffet that she then wrecks. Or well, anyways, no, I think it's that. Uh, I'm like, is this a drive-through? Buffet? Maybe that she was so eager to get there, like, like they she needed plowed a, in with yeah. her car. Like, there's a structure fire. Maybe, like she took out the buffet with her old mobile. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is. I feel like there's a part two to this your mama yeah. joke that we're going to deliver next week. My dad's going to borrow the Colin Jost book next and, and learn how, the, learn how to the, the professionals do it. You'll learn by reading this book that Colin has 
pooped his own adult pants five times, like during adulthood. Purposely? No, like he just through a series of unfortunate events. And I'm like, I don't. Find, I've never done that. I could. I don't think I could ever find myself. I know. The more. I mean, I'll knock on wood because the you more never people know, you but... ask, have you ever crapped your pants? There's an alarming number of adults <laughs> of who have yeses? done that. Yes. Yes. Guys, clinch them. And and like I'm always waiting for them to be intoxicated because I've seen people so intoxicated that they mm-hmm. brown themselves. But uh, yeah. But a lot of these people, it was just like, yeah, I just just had to go. It, it happened like, and it's like, really? Like, did you did your body not give you a warning? I just, I I can't identify with that. Nah. Anyway, hey, uh, anybody want to fess up? and say that they've done that please send yeah. in an audio clip and tell we us will your experience you, even if you're james and we hate you <laughs> <laughs> i don't hate you james i love you bud i'm kidding james all right so did the cowboys play i i was at this yes game. they played I, um they played won, and right? lost no oh. no we lost by three we had the chance to tie it up for a field goal we decided to go for it i'm actually not mad at that decision um it was nice to see us take a risky chance and try play? it. And, um, uh, don't get me lying. I'll, I'll look it up. But um, Did Brady lose too? Yes. Brady lost. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, they played the Rams. That's right. They played the Rams. Um, CD Lamb looked really good. Um, so I, I was happy to have those yards. Uh, I can look up the exact amount. Um, you got a ball or two though? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Ezekiel Elliott, uh, that was the best I've, I've seen him run in a while. I felt like he kind of got exposed last season, but he had some pretty good runs. Michael Gallup, uh, Amari Cooper, they all they all uh, did pretty, pretty well. Let's see. Lamb had five catches for 59 yards. All right. Yeah. So I'm not mad at it I for, like his, five for his debut. Mm-hmm. Um, Leighton Vanderesh. Whose jersey I bought after like the first game that he played? Uh, he's on the defensive end. Um, is hurt yet again. He missed. I, I was literally. <laughs> I wanted to make a joke. Like got hurt. Yeah, he did. You're. I'm not collarbone. This kid's bones are made of pickup sticks <laughs> yeah, or something. I mean, what, he, he's the reincarnation the literal, of Sean Lee. What? No, he's worse than Sean Lee. <laughs> Sean Lee has had longer stretches of longevity than Vander Esch. Like Vander Esch is just like this promised child, but he never plays. Yeah, wasn't he out? Like he was out. He's for, been out for like, like two years. Games. Yeah, yeah. So that's a shame. Uh, kind of sad about that. And then also Jarwin, our tight end, got injured. Oh, yeah. It was a non-contact injury, uh, but I. Th- Something that something sounds poor. like you ran into the ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, well, something he was standing up, and then all of a sudden you just see him clinching his uh, calf. And uh, yeah, so that was brutal. But yeah, we lost by three. Um, I'm not super concerned. I think I definitely think we need a better defensive line. So regardless of where we find ourselves uh, in the draft this upcoming year, I I think we're good on offense for a while. I think we need to focus on getting some boys that can push through and get those quarterbacks. But that's just my hot take. You see anything about like ratings for the NFL? Because I are you taking it as seriously? Oh, 
Like you I thought mean just in general? Were, I thought that they were going to have some minimum capacity for fans and every stand yeah, so that there I were, saw. So there were no, were no, no so it depends on the on the stadium you're in. So the Cowboys are going to have uh minimum capacity, but at the Rams stadium they had no fans. I don't know. I mean, granted I was it, it's hard when there's no like fanfare leading up to it like, you know, go out and tailgate and like everyone's going to arlington and Mm -hmm. all the local economic impact that that has yeah um so i definitely plan on watching i hate to have missed the the first game but i don't even know who won the safeway open oh well (laughs) nor do i yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and now neither do the tots (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) sorry sorry we missed that segment but this uh you'll be you'll be back at it this weekend announcements winged foot um u.s open yeah second second major this year um it's going to be a very amazing fall for pga tour mm-hmm. um yeah there was some f1 i i don't think i finished that either just because okay. i was running around for the wedding stuff but um i have been listening to a a decent amount of button and awesome this is going to feed in to a big topic that i have so i'm curious to hear I'm curious to hear what you have to bring to the table. Well, it progressively got more relevant to my original set of tastes in that apparently, uh, you know, Charlemagne got involved and said yeah. some stuff and that ignited some uh, real passionate rants. You must have listened Button. to like today's episode. I mean, I've been watching like all the stuff recently. Yeah, because he, yeah, he talked a little bit about Charlemagne, but the mo- the majority of what he talked about about Charlemagne was today's episode, so. Oh, no, I haven't listened to today's oh, episode. Oh, well, he at gets all. into it even more. Well, he's been going at it for a while now. Yeah, like because Andrew Schultz and Akash from uh-huh. Flagrant got called out. That was today's episode, dude. Oh, I did listen to a fifteen-minute yeah. clip. Yeah, dude. it must have already been online, like on YouTube. But that was from today's episode. It was on YouTube. Yeah, because that's I did pop it up um, in between a call. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so you were saying, okay. Yeah, so I'm currently yeah, you're caught up, bro. man. Proud anyway, so Charlemagne shots fired. You know, I might watch golf now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes, people. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing teasing. this because I'm genuinely interested by yeah. it. So it's been this whole thing about Joe Budden versus Spotify, and now with Joe Rogan going over there, and mm-hmm. just all of this press. And uh, Charlemagne got involved and talked about it with Andrew Schultz. And Andrew Schultz and Akash from Flagrant 2 talked about it. And he goes off on all of them. Mm -hmm. And Charlemagne is launching uh, a Black Voices podcast network. And they're going to repurpose Breakfast Club audio from the radio. Sounds like it. On on iHeart, right? Uh Uh-huh. And he's a 50% owner in it. And Joe has just been been referring to himself in the third person a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of things that I've noticed. First of all. Much love, you know, to sure. the podcast, to Joe Budden. Love his game, love his, you know, podcast, all of this. Yeah. Not throwing any amount of shade. Because um, I also love Akash and Andrew. Yeah, yeah. Charlemagne and, is probably the one I'm the least dedicated to out of all of those. Yeah, and before ways. you even say what you say, like, I'm clearly the the house resident, you know, team Joe Budden. You know, I've been pushing that podcast. I will say there are many times where I don't agree with him. So whatever you're about to say, like, I might be on your side, too. Um, it, I, I find it entertaining and it's nice to see just because he's been involved in so many facets like the music industry and then podcasting 
um, TV networking and stuff like that. And he has so many connections with celebrities and he kind of, he lets us see behind those curtains. Um, that really draws me in, even if I don't always agree with his perspective. So, yeah. And I don't think it's overall disagreement on anything in particular. Um, there's just a couple of observations that tie into larger points. Um, so I listened to some of the clips in question from the other side with uh, Akash and Andrew mm -hmm. and they were tipped like they were trying to be ultra respectful <laughs> and like pay the man his dues and they, they, yeah. they're comedians. So they got a couple jokes right. in here and there, but nothing more than the next thing. Sure. And, um, but Andrew always reaches out and does personal investigation on these things and talks to a source close to the matter mm -hmm. or whatever. And I guess that he did go on record saying that Joe Budden had asked Spotify for 250 million or a million 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 million. Yeah. Um, which is what they paid for like Gimlet ringer media mm -hmm. whatever. And they were just laughing yeah. about it. like, they were like, you know, I'll sell you the Brooklyn bridge. Mm -hmm. Like they were going in and he tore them apart on yeah. all of that. And, with this all going on, like I I've been, first of all, I'm the first person to say that like, you know, marginalized people in our society can punch up more so than the person that could punch down has that right. Sure. And you know, a lot of these conservative people are running around with this reverse racism stuff. And, um, I'm not somebody that really would like to play that card. Honestly, mm -hmm. I think that's kind of a, a wimp move. Yeah. Um, but there rhetorically like verbally mm -hmm. there is um a level of abuse that other people can sustain from somebody like joe budden <laughs> who is black and playing his black card mm -hmm. you know he's he's wearing his skin on his sleeve <laughs> you know if that makes right. sense yeah yeah no and for sure he's really going in on white companies and white boards and mm -hmm. white equity partners and like you know this whole concept of there being like white business and white corporate and like yeah. white funds and all of this that kanye has been highlighting is this increasing narrative that we'll circle back to in a second mm -hmm. but just from the interpersonal standpoint you know is it is rory the white guy uh rory and parks yeah rory is parks mall on? mall so parks He's behind the camera, but you hear his voice. Um, he's He was Joe Budden's uh, mixer, producer, whenever he was in music, and now he also does the same for their podcast. Uh, you don't see him on camera if you're watching the video clips, um, but you'll hear him talk. And in the shot, you'll see uh, Maul, Joe, and then uh, Rory. Okay. So at certain points... It's funny at some points they'll interject and he'll just keep on going he doesn't yeah, yeah. give an inch you know it's him for 30 minutes straight and then sometimes he's like rory you know talk to me mm -hmm. like and he's like i'm my, my yeah, white rear end is not going to comment on this like mm -hmm. I, i'm not going to get involved and uh you know that that's totally fine and budden is like well mm -hmm. tell andrew schultz that whitey <laughs> to do that and yeah he's really going in on that indian kid like mm -hmm. and he, he's being if, if he were being spoken about with the same like kind of playful contempt in sure. many ways that he was referring to them as like they would as receive whites a lot of and Indians, they backlash. would receive a lot of backlash. And there's been a lot of um, there's just been a lot of like racial overtones mm -hmm. in the opposite direction. And so 
I don't love that. I think sure. that a point can be served otherwise. And, you know, Akash could probably argue that he's just as marginalized. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe not. I guess we have a, a sliding scale of marginalization in the country, but that's one reflection that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second reflection is like, I don't know where this ends. Like he's just, first of all, I think he's a genius because I'm hooked on his podcast <laughs> as a result of all of this recent drama. Yeah. Um, but he keeps going in at the man and ownership and mm-hmm. we're not playing the same game yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And with Kanye tweeting about all his texts to these, you know, billionaires yeah. and trying just, to get funding yeah. for X, Y, and Z. And like, I'm going to release my music contracts and we're going to start Y Combinator for mm-hmm. music. Yeah. And you know, I felt famous. So <laughs> I was like, cool. Um, he's like in this weird intersectional space of like music, pop culture, tech, uh, creativity, curate, mm-hmm. like he's at this weird intersection of all these different points where like, it doesn't matter if you're one of my, um, you know, childhood friends or college friends or a tech VC, everybody's retweeting Kanye at the moment. And, but this whole narrative about white owners, Mm -hmm. white masters, um, you know, masters being, being, you being beholden to masters due to money, due to ownership over your intellectual property, like all of this stuff, all that transcends race in terms of business. First of all, you can be just as owned you know, as a white yeah, person. Yeah, I mean, uh, Britney Spears was recently in the media, you know, trying to get, well, there's a lot going on with, like with her family and her dad owning like the rights to a lot of her stuff. And um, all, like, I, I totally agree with what you're saying is it, it uh, being screwed over by like a record label or, or, or different things like that is not um, solely a black issue. Yeah. So those are a couple of reflections from all of this saga. It also feels like maybe there's potential jockeying for position as the form, the formative voice mm-hmm. of black culture, um, you know, being waged right here where I feel like Joe Budden wants that mm-hmm. title and he feels encroached upon by Charlemagne mm-hmm. and Charlemagne is obviously. And, and here's one point that I will acquiesce to the whole like white owner master situation Mm -hmm. is black entertainers and black um black led casts of whatever show or podcast they do always get niched it's like hip-hop you know love and hip-hop in atlanta you know Mm -hmm. urban category um you know and it's like actually there's a bunch of white people listening to joe budden Mm -hmm. and probably asians and mexicans like he's why, why can't he be mainstream yeah. like Joe Rogan? Right. You know, like uh, to me, they're the same. They're both Joe with, you know, the number one and two podcast type deal. Mm-hmm. I enjoy them both for different reasons. But I do feel like there's maybe been a jockeying level there. Sure. Um, but yeah, just reflections on I'm seeing this growing narrative. Um, it, it feels like the Internet has you think that there's a bubbling up race war occurring mm-hmm. and that the entire system is about to get um, overthrown and rehauled, you know, like it's just a weird dynamic right now. Yeah. Um, I know just having listened to Joe Budden's podcast for probably the past three or four years, um, he's definitely also commented like whenever he's talking about 
white people and different things like that. Like he's not talking about good people like his friends Rory and Parks and you know people who get it. Whenever he's referring to like white people, he's talking about the ones that you know did have them sign contracts you know before they knew any better and and uh but he used the term white devil and anger this week and i'm like yo like there's got to be a level of decorum again Mm -hmm. i'm not actually mad i don't take offense i'm just saying like i was walking down the street and i heard that part and it just struck me that i'm like i can't really say anything about this i'm not offended by this so let me assure you of that you know don't come at me with this. I'm just saying like there is a there is an intense double standard occurring in terms of what you can say out there about all different categories of people. Sure. Um, one point that I'll make, and I don't know if it 100% correlates, but this is kind of what I was trying to say last week as far as the way that Trump talks. Like I sleep at night just fine. I don't really care what he has to say, but the way that he talks, you know, it does suggest certain things and it incites uh, anger and violence. So that's kind of, I mean, just like you're saying right now, like you're not uh, upset or bothered by it or anything like that. But there's this thing that like kind of makes you think about what he's saying. I think that's kind of how I was feeling whenever we were talking about Trump last week as well. I'm totally fine with that point. Yeah. I'll acknowledge that and agree sure. with that. Like, I yeah, think that's it, a fair comparison in some ways that I'm like, I, I'm willing to call one thing out, but then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I'm not even calling it out. I'm just saying that I'm hearing more and more, and obviously your algorithms change. Mm-hmm. What you are, uh, people are saying, <laughs> you know, that algorithm changes all the time based on your search history. Yeah. So and your duration played. So maybe I'm just ingesting different media, but I just haven't been able to watch. Yeah, the yeah, news yeah. or anything like that because I just don't I don't even care. They <laughs> brokered peace in the Middle East yesterday. Um, Let's go. It's amazing how like if Obama had done that, like it would have just been wall to wall, like twenty four hours. They would have already had a documentary. But why do you think that is? Uh, because they loved him. Because he was so, their, so. Is there value in that? In having the love of the press, a hundred percent, there's value in that. But I think well, that, and the love of the people, like I, on, like I know the press kind of pushes the like a lot of this news back on us, but a, a lot of what they're pushing is what we respond to. But you have to remember that in early Obama presidency, he did not have a great favorability rating. Sure, like even among Democrats, yeah, a lot I would, of them. I would say, I mean, we got on to him for wearing a tan suit, like. Well, that was another double standard that we employed was that, you know, eh, half the things that our white presidents have done, if he had done, we would have like been just up in arms. Fox News was up in arms about mm-hmm. tan suits, blue suits, whatever, you know, yeah. the the racial stereotypes that were played up during that. We're not going back and, to re-legislate yeah. all of that. I'm just saying like. And I'm not, Obama's no saint either. Like, you know, he had his fair share in and bombings and, and different, you know, deals and stuff like that. So I'm not trying to hint at that. I just think, um, and that goes back to my point last week that rhetoric matters for sure. And, but I'm also prepared to say that Obama is a less flawed person than Trump is. Oh yeah. Like I I would agree, but I'm also like, I need the audience to understand, like, I know that, you know, Obama got his hands dirty too. And, and that, so I, you know, I'm not saying like, oh, we need another president like that. 
yeah my my whole point was just the the way in which you speak like um i think austin lundgren lundgren i'm sorry lundgren i apologize uh had tweeted out that he had agreed with you and different things like that and it's like yeah like i agree with you on some points too my whole position on it was like i don't need my hand held by the president but i think there should be certain expectations um it, he doesn't even have to be a super nice guy the that, way, that the wasn't way it, the point that i was making and i know i know you austin were. acknowledged that and um actually heston reached out to me mm-hmm. and he was like by the way um the whole like trump moral conscience of yeah. america blah 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 that that was on point and heston is no trump fan sure. you know he's been very critical yeah no and i agreed with you too i just kind of wanted to clarify my point a little bit more that's all yeah, or and, where i stood and i mean cuz i i thought you made but, a lot of awesome points that i but, wholeheartedly agree with i also respect the fact that you have your opinion you're not a trump fan and you're definitely not even going to vote trump and you're likely going to vote in the opposite direction to stop him we'll see even though you know he's so dementia riddled you know he referred to the campaign today as the harris biden campaign yeah and then he also played despacito before he began talking did you see that trump retweeted that video doctored and the 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 song was not despacito it was f the police i did not see that and he's like what's going on with sleepy joe oh my goodness (laughs) like we're not even looking at reality anymore. Yeah. Like the president is retweeting like doctored video and you're wondering, is this how he saw it? Cause like if he's yeah. not watching TV and he just sees it on Twitter, oh, you don't think like, he was trolling. I don't know. Like that's the alternate reality that we're in. You go to one candidate. And Twitter, that is the overarching thing that frustrates me so much is like, I just want a president that doesn't have enough time to troll that we can, we can feel good. Like we feel like somebody is advocating for all of us, no matter our skin color and they're still going to other countries and advocating for peace and making those deals. Like, I think I, maybe I'm just an idealist and unrealistic. I feel like that's not asking for much. No, I mean like, listen, but politics, baby, when you put it like that, like it's hard to, it's hard to not be like this guy is, you know, he's a piece of work yeah i'll say that okay fair he doesn't do himself any favors <laughs> yeah exactly he but uh, the thing that if i'm he just stopped tweeting and I, shut his mouth i'm just saying that how the, many more fan, how many more votes would he be receiving like the hard part is to stand and behold and not be inspired as all get out that he's doing all this and he's still going to get reelected. and yeah. like he He's dunking baskets while our world implodes verbally, like around us. Yeah. Uh, it, when I say when I'm trying to talk about rhetoric mm-hmm. at large, when do I say rhetorically? No. Like, how would I talk about instead of saying verbally or rhetorically? Do you see what I'm trying to? Rhetorically trying to, is like a. I know what it is. I just didn't know if it doubled. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. Okay, never mind. Anyway, as he's tweeting doctored videos and doing all of this stuff that, you know, begs the question, did you think that this was what actually happened mm-hmm. at the Harris Biden rally? Or, you know, were you aware that this was doctored? As all that's going on, like historic peace treaties and like businesses going back. It's just so weird. Yeah. 
it's like in spite of himself. Like it, it's just the weirdest deal. Mm-hmm. He's falling upward. I don't know how to liken it to anything else. It's like it's like you're driving to work in your car and suddenly the street explodes, but you come back down in a brand new Lamborghini on a brand new paved road, but you soiled yourself. Yeah. That's kind of like I don't even know what example to use for the mm-hmm. roller coaster ride that is this man's mouth, Twitter, and you know, corresponding stock market closing. Sure. It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah. It's crazy. So again, I, I agree with a lot of points that you made last week and some that you're making today. The my only extra comment is that I, I on top of that, I still believe that words matter and compassion matters. And from a Christian aspect, yes, like money is awesome. Uh, Creating more jobs is awesome. And and we we could even get into those types of jobs that are being created. And a lot of them are minimum wage and still not enough to be able to support a family or anything like that. But um, to me, being a Christian, like money is not my my number your life one, pursuit. Yeah, it's it's not my number one motivation. Um and and so all those things are awesome and great. Like I'm never going to turn down money, you know what I mean? Um but it's not my number one goal. And so whenever somebody argues that like, look, but the economy is doing great, like very important. I wholeheartedly agree, but I think I place some of my morals above that. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think that that's, you know, a perspective and yeah. one that I and, and I don't worth, expect everybody to agree with me either. Like even, like let's say that I'm using a different lens than even a Christian lens for this conversation. Sure, words do matter. Like mm-hmm. I agree with you, and you know, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting world. It is what it is. Yeah, we'll see what happens here in like a month and a half. Yeah. Um, let's get back over to Spotify talk. Okay. Um, they're a little upset at Apple music. Why? So Apple, I don't know if you, uh, saw any of their announcements on Tuesday. No. Did they have an Apple event today? No, it was on Tuesday. Today, Uh, the new iOS dropped. I downloaded that while I was here. Um, so excited to see all the, um, exciting new stuff that they added. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. Yeah. Well, (laughs) Rip, rip. Um, Thanks, Tim Apple. So on Tuesday, Apple announced like their new iPad and different things like that. And they also announced uh, their new Apple Watch. And in introducing their new Apple Watch, they also are going to be uh, having a program called Fitness Plus. And people are going to be able to exercise um, through the Apple app. And uh, their watch is going to be like, synced up to those specific workouts and they're saying that they're going to be adding new workouts every single week. Um, and so in that Apple has created a package called Apple one and it's, uh, called like the ultimate collection of Apple services for one monthly payment. So they're going to have like an individual plan that has Apple music, Apple TV, arcade, and some iCloud storage for about 15 bucks a month. Then you have those things plus 200 gigs and then you have the premiere one which has apple music apple tv arcade news plus plus 
Apple Fitness and two terabytes of iCloud storage um, for 30 bucks a month. And so I know this kind of sounds like an Apple ad, but my point is um, Spotify is really upset about this. And they, they're, they came out with a statement saying Apple's using its dominant position and unfair practices to disadvantage competitors and deprive consumers by favoring its own services. We call on competition authorities to act urgently to restrict Apple's anti-competitive behavior, which, if left unchecked, will cause irreparable harm to the developer community and threaten our collective freedoms to listen, learn, create, and connect. Your thoughts? So a couple of weeks back, we were talking about like the publication getting bigger than the platform or you know, the, the podcast getting bigger than the network. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best examples that we didn't use was the ongoing saga of the Apple Wars. Yeah. Because this is, I feel like this Spotify announcement is almost parlaying off a lot of people's discontent in the B2B and, and business apps world and B2C consumer apps world mm-hmm. with Apple because, so even our app, you know, appreciate is, perpetually free mm-hmm. and it also has paid tiers we have an ios version and there's drama if you have any version of a paid application offered through the ios store because apple is trying to force everybody into this 30 percent commission split for having provided the mechanism and the traffic yeah. through the apple store you know it's they, they want to charge rent for your storefront right and they actually uh just got, um had an argument with the game fortnite and whichever company uh, makes fortnite because Fortnite had apparently within the app had created their own payment system to skirt around paying Apple that percentage and Apple wasn't having it. So they completely took them off the app store. Yeah, it was breaking news on Twitter and like, Mm -hmm. you know, financial stuff for a long time, you know, several weeks. And I don't know what the resolution was with that. Um, But I know that it's been a lot of there's been a lot of talk in the tech world and the developer app community mm-hmm. and it's just another example of like i don't know it, it's hard to on the one hand like you know you have a place to submit your application to like they mm-hmm. they created the game right um apple has i want to hear your opinion on this cuz apple came out with a rebuttal uh today saying Customers can discover and enjoy alternatives to every one of Apple's services. We're introducing Apple One because it is a great value for customers and a simple way to access the full range of Apple subscription services. Also, select services, including an Apple One, are available to enjoy on non-Apple devices, and you can cancel anytime. Yeah, it's like... Well, it's like Spotify is kind of complaining about that, but they also came out with a bundle with Hulu and one of the cellular uh device services really yeah it it makes my eyes like you know cross whenever all these bundled packages Mm -hmm. happen but if apple wants to bundle a couple of their services together that we all subscribe to anyway Mm -hmm. whatever so you don't think it uh because spotify's argument is like they're creating a monopoly so do you believe that that is the case or it's cool you know I, I don't I don't have enough insight on this to properly comment and yeah. I don't want to be caught we can always circle back to looking it. like an idiot on the show, but I need to do more research on like where Spotify's market cap is at and all of mm-hmm. that because sometimes whenever you get these like big consumer brand names like Apple and Spotify together, they start to you've seen them on so many logo bands together that they, they start to like, oh, they're just 
they're in the same playing field. And of right. course, you know, no company is in the playing field of like an Apple, Apple and an Amazon sure. um, or Facebook even. Mm-hmm. But Facebook is nowhere near like an Amazon. No. Um, so I need to do more research on that and solicit okay. some guidance. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be eager to hear from maybe like Heston or a couple others uh, who are business savvy and and might have some good words to say because I because I don't know how I feel about it at the moment. Obviously, I just switched from Spotify to Apple and uh, feeling pretty good about that. But um, I'd be curious to hear some of your thoughts. It's just the tech world and the startup world and the new the new product world is so weird that I kind of look at it from like a, a basic structural perspective mm-hmm. where it's like, what is what are these platforms real product? You know, like in terms of delivery yeah. of goods and services like is Amazon if you ask certain people like what is Amazon they might be like oh it's a website or oh it's a delivery service yeah. and really what it is is something completely different you know what I mean yeah um so sometimes with all these new products and additions it's like okay so how is what is the monetization strategy for all of these different product lines because it's going to be different for streaming music versus something else right. you know um, I'm doing a terrible job of this. I'm no, I, get, it. I get what you're saying. Um, but and, and I, I brought it to you on the spot, so we can always come back and talk I, about talk about it more later. But I did have a question for you, though. Hit me. And I kind of feel insensitive because I know that you run the weekly ten in addition sure. to the weekly catch up. And so this this departure from Spotify, what did that do to your playlist? Is it only offered on Apple? Um, it still exists on Spotify. I didn't update it this week. Um, are you abandoning I, that? I moved it over to Apple. So you can, I've already notified a couple, a list on Apple, yeah, just like you playlist. do on Spotify. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And I already have a uh, several friends that are following it on Apple now. Okay. Do you have a handle or something you want to shout out? Um, you never promote that playlist on the show. Not really. It's, it's just, I don't want it to become feeling like a, I don't know. We can put it in the show notes. I mean, um, people are tuning into this. I'm sure that they'd appreciate a plug for that. Yeah. At least every fifth episode. Yeah. Um, sure. I'll, I'll do that. I don't have like a www dot, but uh, we can copy and paste the show link uh, or sorry, the hyperlink in, into the show notes. We could get a GoDaddy URL and forward it to your Ooh. thing. There we go. Yeah. That'd be cool. Uh, there's tots everywhere like. Yeah. Go daddy weekly 10.com <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dot biz nab dot now. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, no, so I'm, I'm enjoying Apple music. I, I think that, um, finding new music won't be as difficult as I had anticipated. I found some great new artists, uh, on the Apple music app. So yeah, I'm feeling good about it. I'm, I'm not mad at the switch. And they also, man, I'll say with Apple music, music, uh, with a lot of the new albums that are coming out, they'll get comments from the artist and and put it in the description. So it'll be like these long quotes and um, huge descriptions of the album and like some of the reasoning behind uh, the lyrics and songs, which Spotify does not have. Um, and so I'm always eager to learn more about the artists that I like. So being able to read some of that has been amazing. Um, they also have you know, the Apple radio and music videos. And um, I think that they showcase, if you're looking up the lyrics, I think that they do a better job than Spotify. So 
so far, I'm actually pretty happy with the Switch. Alrighty. Well, this is becoming one of those like tech review channels where I see you like taking the Samsung yeah. phone. Well, out that's what I said. It's going to be packaging. sounding like an Apple ad for a little while. You're but... like, okay, I need to remove the the film layer now. And... <laughs> no, no, none of that. It's not that nerdy. None of that. <laughs> it's not that nerdy. All right, buddy. Yeah. What else you got on your list? Um, what else is going on in the world? Well, uh, well, people are canceling Netflix if we're staying on streaming services. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the film documentary Cuties. Mm-mm. Oh, I saw something about it. So what happened? Cuties is uh, about these underage cheerleaders, you know, these little girls, and apparently Netflix. I still have not watched the the preview for it, but I guess the preview seemed to be over-sexualizing these young girls, and a lot of people were not happy about it. Um, and so they've been straight up canceling it. Um, I got a quote from the director of that film and I could not pronounce her first or last name, so I'm not even going to try, but if you look up cuties, uh, you can find it for yourself. But, uh, the quote was, we as adults have not given children the tools to grow up healthy in our society. I wanted to open people's eyes to what's truly happening in schools and on social media forcing them to confront images of young girls made up, dressed up, and dancing suggestively to imitate their favorite pop icon. I wanted adults to spend 96 minutes seeing the world through the eyes of an 11-year-old as she lives 24 hours a day. These scenes can be hard to watch, but are no less true as a result. I was about to say, why would you necessarily cancel the platform that brought light to the situation rather than all the little girl pageants and cheerleaders and cheer camp and all this stuff that's going on that does sexualize young girls from a young age. So I think, I think the best argument for that, that I've read, not that I necessarily agree with, but the best argument that I've read is that you've become what you're trying to, um, eradicate, eradicate. Sure. Um, you exploited them the same way in making this documentary. Like you didn't stop them from doing a lot of these things you just had the film roll you just had the tape rolling and what about the news what about the news uh, do they not do the same thing i mean yeah yeah uh, oh, of course so because there was more production value and, and thought and script put into this and curation it's a bigger problem right uh, the business ideas narratives all build on one another you know the Spotify is around because forefathers of the internet put in their work. Like yeah. Bill, shout out shout out LimeWire. Yeah. Like Bill Gates and people like there's a I've forgotten from Outliers, but there's somebody that figured out something way before Bill Gates that mm -hmm. had it not been for that guy, Bill Gates would have had no foundation with which to build on. Yeah. So the fact that we're now doing all this cloud computing and everything's in the cloud and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. That that foundation had been laid long before. And it's the same thing in like anything else, you know, the best argument I would have against Netflix is, well, why would you profit off of objectifying a young girl? Sure. That's one narrative. The other narrative is we wanted to bring light to a situation and have you mm -hmm. view it through the eyes of an 11 year old girl, which is the creepiest sentence ever put into a press release ever. Right. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> but, you know, they're just covering something that exists out there and is apparently acceptable enough in mainstream that. You know, they're able to go profit off of that because 
it's a way of life and or other people are yeah. profiting off of it in another layer of society. Yeah. And I think another argument against it is that like the audience that you're intending this for, either they already know that the situation exists and they're already disgusted by it or they don't care or they're pedophiles. So like who, like what, who is, whose mind is going to be changed by this documentary, I think was a, overarching argument yeah i don't know my main point is just that the infrastructure upon which we all walk and reside and uh, digital airwaves it was all built by flawed people or bad situations mm -hmm. i felt it this weekend i was at a place called a plantation yeah and it's like i'll be honest like there were moments where it's like this is beautiful and everything this feels like a really white experience right now <laughs> um but I just think back, I'm like, I feel like some gnarly stuff has happened on this property and I don't love that. Yeah. I don't love being here thinking that, mm -hmm. you know, like, um, <laughs> yeah. and now it's profiting for people of all colors and creeds. You know, everybody mm -hmm. can get married there. I don't know who, for all I know, the owner is black and <laughs> making a killing off of no. every, you know, wedding booked there. I don't know. All I know is that you know, the train tracks that didn't we lay the train tracks with like Chinese slaves or the Chinese came in and did that. And maybe they own slaves or I don't know that just, you know, yeah, it was an, it was a weird feeling. I, it just demonstrates the overall point I'm trying to make that like, you know, just because somebody is already doing something one way, it's like, mm -hmm. it's hard to go back to the institutional layers and peel it back. And a lot of these advocates for change, they're asking to go several layers deep mm -hmm. or fundamentally deep. And, you know, that can be difficult to do in a lifetime. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I mean, how do you feel about six-year-old girls being cheerleaders? Yeah, uh, not a fan. No? No. So you wouldn't let a daughter wear a two-piece bathing suit? Uh, that's not what I said. Well, but what would the difference be? I think the type of dance moves and also... Just the, I don't know, getting them involved in that really early on and them being worried about how they look uh, and different things like that. Like, I think if we're just going swimming and you're putting on a two-piece bathing suit, I don't think that's the same as... Um, I, I gotcha. Yeah. I, I haven't... I'll be honest. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a routine by a child cheerleader. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah. But at the adult level, it's like hyper-sexualized. You're right. like, whoa. Like and, and so, again, I, I didn't even watch the preview because I didn't care to once I knew what it was about. Um, but it would seem like those kids were doing exactly what the adults are doing. I feel like um, going back to your point about content that could be perceived as tailored for creepy people mm -hmm. with a you know, wrong kink, um, I feel like it's never been a better time to be a pedophile and don't sound by that because <laughs> what, what I've thought about, <laughs> we got him. Yeah. What I've thought about <laughs> like, welcome to the annual convention. of <laughs> No, <laughs> uh. no. What I'm saying is that how many parents are posting every yeah. freaking photo of their child from uh -huh. zero to 18 on Facebook. Yep. Or Instagram or Twitter. Every aspect of their life. Every aspect of their life. In the tub, you know, in the blue jean shorts, in, you know. And location services are on. Location services. Like, 
if you're if you're a guy that's into preteen girls, just get on Facebook. Yeah, they're posting everything, and it's like, I it almost makes me wonder if Facebook doesn't have some you know low key deep state algorithms that are tracking people that. Like, what if a 45-year-old single man on Facebook, where they know who he is, where he lives, mm -hmm. what if he's only liking photos that contain, like, 12-year-old girls? Or something? Like, I almost feel like... If they're like, using that information for good and gonna go get that creepy bleep. Wouldn't that be crazy <laughs> if, like, after all the flack that they take all the time, they were like, do you know what we actually do here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'd be all for that. But I, I do think about that, like... It's such a loophole if you're obviously if you're not going all the way into that deep, dark world, mm -hmm. there's enough intermediate ground of like it's not even softcore. It's just pictures, yep. but you have access to everything. And it's like that part is very creepy to me yeah. and almost makes me want to, you know, ask parents like, why are you posting every right. photo? Like that just doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Yeah. And I mean, it's not even like just the cheerleading thing. Like you see a lot of these uh, child models and stuff and you like they have uh, TV shows on it. And I've seen clips from like these moms. It's like they're living vicariously through their children. And it's like the child never even stood a chance or had a choice. It's like they're kind of being forced to. And so uh, especially in the day and age, you know, I, I teach, you know, I've taught middle school, I teach high school and I know the type of pressures that they go through. I know it's expected of them. Like they, they care 10 times more uh, how many likes they get on a photo than we do, or maybe a hundred times more. Like they, they care about followers. They care about who's watching them, their appearance. And I, I feel like, you know, the cheerleading aspect, um, I feel like it glorifies some of those negative negative aspects um and pushes that onto the kids now is somebody can make an argument about you know ballet and different things like that and it's it, you know that's also professional and then you i don't know i think there's something to be said about the pressures that we put on our kids no matter what the activity is but i i feel like in this case the cheerleading um and the hyper over sexualization of it is gross. Well, especially the little girl pageant stuff where they yeah. put all that makeup, makeup on. on. That, that's that's when yeah. it gets really weird. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of we want this world that's represented by the actual people. So when they make Mulan, it's with actual Asians this mm -hmm. time. Like when they they're they're casting really original. Sure. But for kids, it's like well, are you going to cast a kid? Are you going to cast? Mm -hmm. it, it goes back to the whole Mean Girls episode that we discussed, where it's like, boy, these t <laughs> these uh, high school girls are beautiful women, you yeah. know, like because they're right. in their twenties, they're actresses. Yeah. So are you like, if they're hot to you, does that make you creepy because they're depicting a high yeah. school girl? Like, the whole world is I, backwards. Yeah, and I saw a post the other day. It's like, why are you having to make those scenes about teenage girls anyway? You know, it's like whether or not you're getting actual teenage actors or you're replacing them with adults. Why are you making that type of content anyway? Why are you sexualizing like high school students and stuff like that? You know, uh, maybe for high school boys. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. That's just a yeah. I mean, it's going to happen, know. but it's crazy. 
we're definitely not going to be the ones that solve this issue. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Not until you have five girls <laughs> and I'm laughing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once I have a daughter, I'd, <laughs> I'll be fighting for, oh uh, yeah. That'd be so funny. Netflix is done. You were a girl dad to five girls. <laughs> be like, oh, Brad, what'd you do? <laughs> I can see it happening, but I'm not, I'm not going to be the type of dude that's like, I need to have a boy or <laughs> like you see those baby reveals and like the dude gets pissed off whenever, you know, it's pink. Yeah. Like that's not going to be me. I wouldn't. If, if I ever got a boy, I'd just be like, it's over. That's it. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. And I'm going to put every stress and strain on this young ballet artist <laughs> <Yeah>. of the future. <laughs> you will carry my name? Yeah. You will. <laughs> He'll be enrolled in golf lessons at two. Oh, my goodness. What else you got, man? Um, I'm pretty proud of us. We just went buck 50 out, out the gate. That's right. We're back. We came We came to play. Um, this weekend, Are we? are we wrapping up now? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Well, we got a cutoff coming our way. All right. Well, I'm going to say this weekend on Sunday, I got Alec and Rochelle's baby shower. For Woo! Their, for their... Is it a gender reveal baby shower? No, no, no. We already know it's going to be a baby girl. A uh, baby girl. Uh-huh. He's going to be a girl dad, so can't think of a, of a better girl you know, or a better dude for that girl to be having her dad. Like, Alec's going to just love that girl. Um, He'll definitely be the type of dad that can, like, she will never fall for an a-hole because Alec will have been her dad. <laughs> yeah. He'll be like, I'm going to tell you all about yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what yeah, you watch yeah, out for. <laughs> no, he's going to be awesome. And I'm, I'm really happy for them. She's due here in a month or two. So congrats to you both. Yeah. 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 So looking forward to that. Um, that's really all I got going on. Just going to try to, um, try to keep teaching these kids without them getting pissed off at me, man, these kids, man. <laughs> but if they do, Oh, well, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. <laughs> well, good. I'm yeah. glad that you've got it sorted. Um, can't can't please them all. I yeah. know. I know that I please you know enough of them like me that you know I, I I'd rather them be mad at me and they're learning these skills than for them to be happy with me and not learn jack. So, well, going back to the the book a week challenge, um, I'm going to reread. Miller Hyman's uh, The Unique Strategic Selling this week. Okay. Um, I've been employing it for my larger enterprise sales and I'm due for a refresher because the first time I read it, I was just starting the job and now I've seen all of this in action and I've made mistakes and I've landed things, I've lost things. And so it's going to be much more actionable. I even, you know, sometimes pull it out because it has helpful graphs for me to dissect my deals, even just real time on the spot, but want to get more more in tune with that. So I'm hoping to knock that out here in the next week. Won't do too much reporting back on that, but mm -hmm. would solicit the tots. If you do have any book requests, um, here's the type of thing I'm looking for. If it's not sales growth, business driven type stuff like strategy books, I am looking pretty specifically for like memoirs and self authored narratives mm -hmm. of people overcoming adversity and, I've always been a huge fan of autobiographies and biopics. And so I, you know, just wrapped Goggins. Before that, I read Johnny Carson. Nice. Before that, I read Joe Buck. Um, I just read Colin Jost. Mm -hmm. So I obviously like reading people that I view as successful in a particular field. I like to hear about their ascent and sure. some of the adversity presented to them and draw inspiration from that. So if you do have recommendations, um, I would really love to to field those. 
Nice. Yeah, I'll probably piggyback off of those recommendations. I'm looking forward to jumping into this Colin Jost book, and I'll probably start reading it tonight. So, Did you ever find that other Talking to Strangers that I wanted? Yes. I'll, um, if you help remind me, I'll bring it next week. Alrighty. Cool, man. Well, that's all I had. Yeah. Uh, that's all I had. <laughs> well, I need went, to go. You went an hour, <laughs> an hour 50, and then your voice has to crack at the last. We need to go because I need to go start puberty real quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need to get you in a cheerleading outfit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Catch me on Netflix, folks. Oh, buddy. All right, man. I was a sexy. Queen. <laughs> All right, we don't care. <laughs> All right, now that we've butchered that, <laughs> we will catch we you up. Just next like the week. Cowboys, man, we got to the red zone and fumbled the ball. Okay, um, <laughs> we didn't make it to the red yeah. zone. <laughs> we did make a first down. <laughs> All right, I'll see you next episode. Thank you, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. Later.